Hello and welcome to episode 5 of this Outcast this season. Myself, Glyn Price and Ollie Warner. Um, just us two this week as it's a two-game week, Ollie. But I think the theme of this week, Ollie, is hot or heat because it is absolutely roasting. It's been roasting all week. Both these games were affected by, by the heat we're going to talk about. And, you know, add, adding on top of that, Shrewsbury Town have gotten a nice little hot run of form, haven't they? So, um, yeah, definitely that's the theme this week, isn't it? Heat. <laughs> yeah, it is very, very hot. Um, yeah, some. Without going into too many details, I'm quite warm right now. So yeah, it's a good. It's going to be a good pod. Got two good games to talk through. Um, goals um, and good results. Not necessarily great performances, but at this time of the season, you'll take results. Um, and hopefully, and um, fingers crossed, um, the result on Saturday can be a little bit of a launch pad, give the players some confidence into belief what they're doing, and we can go from there. Yep, I think we can. I think it's um, been a very good week in terms of, of that and the results particularly. Um, we'll, we'll pick apart these games um, and, and see how we ended up getting those wins. But um, I'm a bit worried about what you just said, Ollie. I'm, I'm, I've got visions of you podcasting in your pants now. I'm not sure whether that's really acceptable or not. So um, maybe we'll have to put that out to the listeners, Ollie. But yeah, Mamma Mia, it, it is roasting hot now. So um, yeah, it's really good. I suppose just in terms of um, things that were, were warm and hot and controversial, um, maybe those things don't link. It's probably just worth us starting with where we left last week, Ollie, because we were sitting there lamenting uh, a red card for Tom Flanagan weren't we last week and um, I think we all had our say to say that we thought it was pretty fair fair if he'd been talking back to the referee wasn't quite the story in the end was it Ollie um, we got it overturned even though most people thought it'd be a futile um, kind of uh, request to, to get it overturned but yeah don't know just run, th- run through the story of how that happened or what, what we think has happened because um, it looks like a case of mistaken identity doesn't it yeah it's a bit of an odd one isn't it we we all thought yeah you know it was quite a straight red card in, in, in circumstances and then we hear earlier in the week that the club are gonna uh, are gonna protest it, which everyone I think was quite surprised by. Um, and then then it turns out um, that it was mistaken identity, and somehow, um, yeah, they're both tall, um, but one of them was wearing um, a fluorescent <laughs> top, and the other one wasn't. And also, one of them has um, um, an Eastern European accent, um, and one yeah. of them has. Um, a yeah, a non-Eastern European accent. So how the referee got it all messed up, I um, I do not know. It was poor, poor refereeing. Um, he seemed to get a little bit too excited. Yeah, I, I'd say this kindly, but Flanagan's quite a unique-looking character, isn't he? When you see photos of him, it's hard to mistake him with anyone, to be honest. But um, very, very poor refereeing. I think I, I said on Twitter earlier in the week that it's up there in sort of the top five worst refereeing things that I've seen at the at the Meadow. To be honest with you, you know, we talk about the ghost goal, and we talk about I think it was Coddington disallowed the goal um, that was going in back at the game Meadow years ago when he blew the whistle when the ball was in flight. Um, and there's been a few other shockers over the years. Joe Ross was a name I saw mentioned quite a few times as well for his continually bad refereeing for us over the years, but. Yeah, this one was just shocking. If, if he's got two people confused, who were a goalkeeper and centre-back, it's probably one of the most embarrassing things a referee could actually do. So, fair play to Steve Cottrell and, and Luke Leahy for apparently passing on the message of what had happened um, for, for getting it overturned. And yeah, it's, it's the second time with this referee we'd had a red card overturned as well, Ollie, um, because Ollie Norburn got sent off with this referee a few years back, didn't he, when he, he sort of slid in and tried to clear the ball and then kicked the ball into an opposition player and got a straight red. And, and, and that was the same referee and that got overturned as well. So, I don't think that guy likes us very much, Ollie. So, Hopefully we won't get him for a while again. Yeah, I don't think he'll like us either. Will be his yeah, his record. Yeah, I imagine. I wonder what they no. dis- how they discuss that. But yeah, it's yeah, it's here at the moment and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's poor. It's yep. poor, and it obviously impacted the game, didn't it? I don't think we would necessarily have lost that game against Stanley if it wasn't for the red card. 
No, no. Well, there we go. I yeah, and but we've made amends this week. There's a good thing, I suppose. Um, and and getting some results, maybe one of which we might not have expected, Ollie. So yeah, let's crack on with this podcast this week. We've got a lot to cover. Um, and let's head to Tuesday night. Um, when Shrewsbury Town were playing Carlisle. Going in the right direction now. They fancy a seventh here with Holt. Holt could be in. Holt in. And Holt has scored again! Holt again! High for Holt! With five minutes to go, it's Wickham nil! Shrewsbury Town seven! It doesn't get any better than this! So first game this week was Shrewsbury Town 3. Yes, that's 3. We scored 3 goals. Um, Carlisle United 2. Um, quite an entertaining game in the end, especially in the second half. Um, our goals, Leahy on uh, 42 minutes, well, 45 plus 2. Um, Adele on 75 and Dunkley on 86 and Edmiston on 13 and Dennis on 81 for Carlisle. Um, and yeah, just a couple of stats, Ollie. Um, after four years of getting knocked out in the first round of the League Cup, the last two years we've finally, you know, we've both we've got to round two in both of them now. So a little bit of a recovery in our League Cup four. We haven't quite hit the heights we did a few years ago when we were having those showpiece games, I suppose, but we'll come to that when we, we look at the next round draw. Um, and that was Bowman's 50th game for the club during this match. There wasn't too many stats, obviously, early in the season on this one. So, yeah, Ollie, let's start off with the team because, um, yeah, a couple of changes, wasn't there, in terms of personnel and, and where they were playing? Yeah, a few changes for this one. And Morosi, Pennington, Dunkley and Flanagan in defence. I think we're going to say those four names quite a lot this season. Then we saw there was a bit of debate, let's put it, or a bit of discussion and pre-match about how we're going to line up. But we ended up with Pike at right wing back and Shipley at left wing back. Then Bayless, Leahy and Moore in midfield. And then we had Bloxham and Ado up front. So a rare start for Bloxham and it was good to see Ado come back then. Yeah, good to see Ado come back. Obviously, with his niggles, we've been missing missing his directness and his in his sort of strength, I suppose, up front actually as well at times. Um, and yeah, you know, he, he looked fit enough in this game that I haven't really got any concerns about his long term um, health as well. So that was good to see him come back. Um, interesting to see what he could do up front with Bloxham because they've not played up front too many times together, have they? But um, yeah, didn't really see too much, I suppose. In the end, we'll get to that. But um, yeah, it, just to have good to have him back, I suppose. Yeah, good to have him back. It was. Interesting, wasn't it? The lack of minutes for Bloxham is something the fans have been discussing. Ado obviously has been having his ankle injuries. There was mm. obviously when you've got a, a star striker who is rumoured to other clubs, you do worry a little bit. But it's good to see that he's obviously started two games this week. And um, yeah, it was uh, obviously you know warm night, um, Glenn. Um, but the West End wasn't full, was it? It was it was closed. <sighs> A bit frustrating on nights when it's that hot that they open the East Stand and shut the West Stand. You'd much rather be sitting around the other side. Um, in the end, it was the West Stand that came to the rescue for everybody in the East Stand because I think it took a maybe until about 35 minutes into the game. The sun just dipped below the, the height of the West Stand on the other side and just gave us that relief. I, to be honest with you, I couldn't really see too much of the game too much of the game in the first 35 minutes it was sun directly in your eyes particularly I was in block two so I was looking directly across to where roughly where I normally sit and the sun was right there in front of us so a lot of um, people were hats on or holding up uh, you know the, the three page program they put together to try and give yourself a little bit of a you know the, the sailors kind of looking out to sea kind of look um, to see what was going on so yeah obviously they scored quite an early goal I didn't quite see too much of it I've obviously watched it back but it was an interesting game it was quite quite strappy scrappy start I suppose Ollie um, probably because of the heat I think people were just trying the players were just getting used to that um, I think that was probably a fair thing to say um, but initially I, I thought you know it looked interesting because sometimes we've had League 2 teams come here or lower league teams come here and try and set up to, to defend and, and not really be too dynamic against a, a League 1 team which is what we are now but I, I thought fair play to Paul Simpson and Carlisle they actually wanted to have a go from minute 1 and um, you know look to get forward as much as possible and it certainly looked like it was going to be a tough tough night from, from early doors I thought Yeah it was it was a scrappy start to the game I, I'd agree with that in terms mm. of football 
Carlisle definitely want to try and play some football. And the, as you mentioned, yeah. they scored in the first half. They scored after 13 minutes. Edmondson scored um, a terrible goal from a shooting time perspective. Um, I'm sure yep. Steve Cottrell would have tutted uh, a lot. Um, watching this back, the whole team is kind of un- unexpectedly out of position. You got Leahy and Moore kind of in the wrong position, um, and then kind of load of space, um, and then you've got mm. um, Shipley kind of track tracking in, and then Flanagan has to come across to kind of fill a gap, and which meant and then basically they played a ball into that gap, and then Flanagan came over. Flanagan was kind of flat footed, the ball was played behind him. Dunkley had to come running over to try and cover. Then the guy putting the cross in the box, um, and that basically meant that there was just a massive gap in the in the middle of the pitch, in the middle of the goal area, and it was a, a simple finish. Um, but I have to say that was possibly from a from an, a goal point of view and a build up point of view, probably one of the best goals we've seen this season. It was really, really mm-hmm. good bit of football from a Carlisle perspective. Yeah, I mean they picked us apart. Um there's there's more we could have done there. I think some people were thinking it might have been offside, but it definitely wasn't wasn't in the end, was it, going down the right um if it was offside, it was, it was really, really close. Marginal. Uh, people yeah, were talking yeah. about five yards and things like this. It was no way. It was yeah, it was a it was a VAR kind of putting the lines kind of together type of offside. Yeah, but either either a centre back coming out or one of those deep midfielders should have been closer to the guy that scored and, and but they picked us apart. I can't can't really be too critical about that. It was quite quite interesting being near the Carlisle fans and, and fair play to Carlisle as a club. You know, they've obviously, you know, been having their doldrum times in League Two, obviously survived the whole Jimmy Glass thing of not going down to the conference and all that sort of thing years and years ago, didn't they? But they're still they're still down in League Two and probably been there for quite a long time now. But you know, they brought more to us on a Tuesday night than Accrington did on the Saturday previous. So, you know, fair play. There there is a there is a latent fan base there, isn't there? They're, they're definitely a bigger club than an Accrington even though they've been um, you know, languishing in League 2 for quite a while because uh, I thought that was a great effort for a League Cup game on a Tuesday night. So fair play to their fans and they had a good old sing when they scored um, and probably were deserving to be leading at that point. But I thought what was interesting about that first period was just about how we were kind of lamenting over the first couple of podcasts this season in terms of how town were playing. We had an equally good attack um, when Pike went down the right-hand side um, and he did the same thing that they did for their goal. He picked, his, he picked a nice pass out, laid it off to Leahy and then Leahy's shot was saved, and then Pike's follow-up shot, shot was saved. And it was almost like, you know, we've kind of done the same thing. We've had, had a good attacking move there, but we haven't quite been as clinical as Carlisle were. And that was kind of one of the things that hung hung over in this game, I think, until we started getting the goals later on. Um, I thought it was an interesting comparison, their goal and, and that chance then, Ollie. Yeah, it was one of those games, wasn't it? It was a scrappy game, but at the, t- the moment, there was some moments of, of good technical execution. Um, and yeah, mm. and I thought it was unlucky that that Leahy shot was not... Not scored, and obviously that's a follow-up. Pike had a shot as well, um, and Penno yep. was close. So in that little spell, and um, we did have quite a few, uh, quite a few chances there. And um, just while you we were just chatting, we were going through this. I did just look up their attendances. So the first oh, yeah. game of the season, they had over six thousand, um, and then the second game of the season, they had over five and a half thousand. So yeah, much higher attendances than Stanley. Um, but then, interesting, Glenn. So I didn't watch this game live i watched it back um, for the podcast i thought it was interesting that andy cook um, described this as had a bit of a reserve game feeling would you agree with that they did have to work one nil down um it was very very quiet i noticed the south stand lads uh you know who normally get the meadow rocking um put out at the end of the game not our best work last night but you know great that we got through to the next round i think that was probably fair i think the sun just sapped everybody's um excitement and it wasn't until we started scoring in the second half where there was a little bit of an atmosphere yeah i would say reserve game feeling first half was fair and i think also the game felt like that as well it was being played at not the swiftest pace they were we had a lot of the ball we spent a lot of time kind of pandering around in midfield with it without quite you know creating that many chances i suppose um more than them um but their goals were more dynamic uh, sorry their chances were more dynamic when they broke on us they seemed a little bit more dynamic than us so yeah a little bit ponderous at times but um 
we kept in it. You know, they didn't they didn't look like they were going to score too many goals. Um, you know, after they got their first one, and it was a case of whether we could figure out how to get back in there. Um, but yeah, I think just to say before we got to our goal, I think credit to the Carlisle number ten. I didn't check what his name was, but he was probably one of the best players I've seen this season in the the few games I've seen. He was really really good in sort of exploiting the p- space that Pike was leaving behind as well. Um, to be fair to Pike, he had a good first half. He really was good going forward. But a couple of times that number ten spotted where the space was, and he, he really caused us issues and gave the two centre backs a bit of a physicality as well. So um, you know, those were the reasons why they were they were sort of carrying a threat. Is he he, he looked a dangerous player, Ollie? Yeah, he did. A lot of people were talking about him on the night. Um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head now, but yeah, he was a good player. And yeah, just shows, you know, Carlisle, yeah, League Two, but um, they're building some good players and they've got a good squad there. It'd be interesting to see how they get on this season with Paul Simpson, who's um, definitely, um, you know, progressed as a manager, I'd say, since since he was managing Shrewsbury. The team, they look well set up and they look like they've recruited well. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they get on. Um, in terms of the goal, um, yeah, a free kick well won by a doe. Um, yep. But uh, an absolutely cracking, cracking week for Lee. He's had a fantastic week, hasn't he? Um, yep. And yeah, really, really good free kick from Lee. right into the back of the net, and the keeper had absolutely zero chance. I, like, I don't think there's really any goalkeepers that could have saved that. It was a superb free kick. It was Ben Davis-esque um, as one of the sort of best exponents of a, of a direct free kick we've had at the football club in, in my time watching it. I'm sure there were there were ones during the 70s, 70s and 60s that I missed. But um, yeah, you know, Ben Davis kind of maybe is that that kind of benchmark for free kick taking. And, and we've seen Lee hit a few good ones over the, over the last few years, haven't we? And um, as you imagine, this was his best. It was one of those ones that made that delightful noise as it hits the crossbar and bounces in, Ollie. Um, really good technical free kick, absolutely excellent and came at a really good time. Because as I say, you know, I think there was a, some talk at BBC Cumbria when they were reviewing our play just up before the free kick called us lackadaisical and rubbish and we we hadn't been great up to that point um so it was a game it was a goal that changed the game for me ollie i think that once we got back into it it, it really kind of did change things i think also their striker went off injured maybe five six seven minutes before that the guy that had scored and again i think that unsettled them as well so a couple of little things came our way got the goal just on half time banging really that was that was really good for us as a football club yeah i imagine it Probably didn't change um, Steve Cottrell's halftime tea talk too much. You probably um, still I'm up. sure he got into them. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think so. We just weren't really playing um, to our strengths, were we? And I think, I, I don't know, I just don't think in this game um, that um, the, the, the best bit of football came from down the right. And there's a lot of discussion this week about Pike. And Pike did mm. have a good game. Um, I, I thought he was probably our best player overall in terms of, in terms of his... I don't know, maybe not his best, Not maybe he's not top three, but I don't know, maybe he should be top three. He had a really yeah. good game. He was He's, he's good at link-up play. His pass percentages were, were solid. He he was really, really good. Uh, maybe I need to check my top three. I can't remember who I put. But Pike had a really not good Pike. game. <laughs> um, but in terms of um, the left wing back, I don't think Shipley really got into the game. But nope. more than, more than, I don't think it's really criticism of Pike and that when they made the changes... I felt like the team just didn't kind of function. I don't know whether it was lack of familiarity, having two players different in those positions. I don't know, what was your thoughts of why it wasn't really clicking first half? Um... I just think that we're just not the best going forward, Ollie, as we've been talking about all the time. And and Pike was giving us a threat, but Ado first game back was pretty much not in the game. Um, their two centre backs had a good game, to be fair. They were quite physical. Bloxham didn't do enough for me, Ollie. He was a real problem in that first half. He was going too deep at times, you know, kind of doing what Harry Kane did in the Spurs game. I don't know if you watched that today. He goes very deep to get the ball sometimes. Bloxham found himself doing that a lot of the time. Um, and as well as Bloxham, 
Shipley didn't get into the game, Ollie, um, and he doesn't got into any of the games this season. I, st- I said last week I was underwhelmed with him. I've watched another two games this week, and I know we won them both, but still, I'm still not sure what he offers us or what kind of player he's going to be. I feel like there's so much to unlock in Shipley that this formation is really not getting the best off. And playing him at uh, wing back, yeah, never got the best out of him. It's simply not his position, is it, Ollie? So um, he did a job for us. He has in the played same way. their parentry for Coventry. He? Oh, okay. He's done all right there, Didn't but yeah, it's it, we're not we're not we're not we, we talk about this has been a good week. Um, yeah. I think it's fair to say we haven't had two good performances. We've had two good results no. and we've scored some goals, which is <laughs> fantastic. Um, but we haven't had good Take performances. And this, yeah, and this was a bit bitty. But yeah, half time came along. Um, Nurse and DaCosta came on for, for more and Bloxham. And Pike shifted up front. Um, we did talk a little bit about Bloxham there. I thought he maybe he was trying too hard. But like mm, he couldn't, possibly. he was the balls were bouncing off him, as you said. He was giving the ball away yeah. a bit, and he was didn't have his his best half. Um, yeah, he's obviously a young kid, so we're not gonna we're not gonna beat him up or anything. It was just one no. of those things, but it wasn't his best. But yeah, um, second half um started, and I thought this was quite interesting. Glenn. we had a we had a, did a, a set piece corner, you know, a routine, and it meant that um we we set up Pike for a strike, and um, which shows you that um you know clearly the manager rates Pike and and you know is is willing and and encouraging, giving him opportunities to strike a goal. Yeah, well, we can come to that, I suppose, when we look at Cottrell's post-match uh, comments about his loan to Scunthorpe, which were fascinating. We will probably touch on that when we Ollie. But, um, yeah, he's given him a chance. I mean, he didn't let himself down in this game. He had a few chances to score second half. He just showed a little bit. Sometimes he wasn't quite quite got the right strike on him. He won three corners a row at one point. Like, that was, you know, kind of interesting. He was really pushing and won a corner, then forced another corner from a header and then was involved again in another thing and had a couple of shots deflected up and over. But he's clearly in the manager's thoughts this season. I think we mentioned it very briefly last week, but he's definitely going to be part of our sort of squad of 16 this season. He's not going back out on loan any chance. He's ahead of Bloxham in the pecking order um, and so is probably O'Brien, which makes you think we won't see much of Bloxham. So... I think he came on. I think, um, yeah, he obviously played at um, at uh, Wickham as well and blocked him, you know, only coming on as a sub. So fascinating to see how he's kind of matured or, or maybe developed over the summer and even showing the manager something else again that he, he, he sort of wants to keep him around. So it's it's been a bit of a turnaround. I, just going on, Pike, you talked about, well, you know, maybe you should put him in top three and I've just noticed you've changed the agenda, Ollie, so you definitely have now. But, you know, whether he was in the top three or not, it was definitely his best game for the football club, I thought. He had scored for us before, but he wasn't great in that game from memory. I went back and looked at it, but he was genuinely good across the whole of the game up until maybe the last 25 minutes where I think he faded out of this one. So, yeah, best game for the club. You, you can't really knock a lad when that's the best they've done. Um, obviously not much of a benchmark to go from, but, yeah, did did well enough across the whole thing for me. Yeah, I think Pike had a, a really good game. And he, I often, you know, I'm like, Glenn, I, I hear people say, oh, yeah, someone's done really, really well. And I, I call it the, the Matt Miller effect of running around um, can sometimes get you, pun, um, get you, you know, praise harsh. From, from football fans. But you understand what I'm talking about, don't you, Glenn? You know what I mean when I, when I say that place. I do. But but I was watching this game and I was watching Pike um, in particular. It's kind of always one of the advantages of watching it back cold light of day. And I have to say, his passing accuracy was brilliant. And he's, his ability to... He's got really quick feet, you know, in tight areas. He'll make good passes. He makes good decisions. I saw Chris Hudson put a tweet out about saying, you know, Pike is proving his critics wrong. Um, and and Nath, um Shooter fan, replied saying, well, his critics haven't been incorrect. Pike hasn't done very well for Shrewsbury. That's why fans have been critical of him. But at the same time, just like what we saw from Mado. Ado went from a frustrate a player of frustration among the Shrewsbury fan base, and maybe Pike is turning a corner. And of course, we want Shrews to win games. We want our players to be successful. And wouldn't it be fantastic at the end of the season? We're talking about Pike needs a contract. That's what I want to see. 
you know, he he's, he looks well, fitter, three, more years, he? three more years, Ollie. <laughs> three more years. Three more years. Three more years. Yeah, imagine that Pike's actually here for six years in the end. But he looks fast, doesn't he? Look, he, he never looked overweight, but he looks. Um, he's no. got a bit of a zip about him now. And um, yeah, he, he yep. was he was good. He he can. I don't think right wing back is a serious position. If we're playing against a team where we're gonna attack a lot, and I imagine that's what the manager thought, we'd probably have a lot more possession than we would in this game. Mm. He'd be quite effective, and I imagine that's what the manager thought. He's gonna play two attacking wing backs. They're not really gonna have to defend, um, and we'll, we'll they'll be able to dominate. And he'll be in most of the time in the final third. Didn't quite work out that way because we're still struggling to build up um, build up play um, through the lines and yeah. through passing football. Um, but yeah, um, fantastic performance from Pike, um, and, and yeah, he really deserved the praise. I thought he really does. We have to, you know, in the same way that you must give. I think people are going to think the heat's gone to our head being so positive about Pike Ollie. But um, you know, it, we also must caution. You know, I wouldn't quite say he's broken through yet. It was interesting. I was talking to Dan Hoff yesterday at the game at Wickham, who I sat by, and obviously on our pre-season podcast, he predicted that it would be the breakthrough season of Pike, and we, we had a quick chat about it. And you know, I wouldn't quite say he's broken through yet. He had a good game against Is the Dan's, League Two team. And then... does Dan could Dan get his head underneath <laughs> the um, the tunnel? Like it's that big now. He's so happy that he's <laughs> he's, he's turning a corner here. Yeah, I, I'm still dubious about whether he's fully broken through yet. No, he hasn't like, broken through yet. I know he started yet. at Wickham, he, he, but, but yeah, a, he didn't have a very good game there. But yeah, he's, we'll, we'll he's beaten expectations, that's fair to say that. Yeah, definitely. Um, whether yeah. he's had a... Yeah. Whether he, you know, he needs to get a goal and assist, something like that. But wouldn't you just love to see yeah. him score a goal? That would be so... Like, I really would I quite cherish a moment to see him score a goal, um, especially, you know, I don't know, in front of Block 19 or the South End and see him celebrate... I think that would be really, really um, nice to see um, for all the hard work he's been doing. Definitely. For for this season, for what he's done so far, yeah, definitely worth a goal. And let's, if we go but back to the game, the fact I he's think... Been, you know, he's been going it, to work. Yeah. He? He's been going to a training ground every, you know, for two years plus. He's been coming, turning up to training. I mean, he hasn't really had a lot to celebrate, um, so that would be nice. Yeah, true enough. Um, you're right, Ali. <laughs> so joking. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know it would be a good moment when it does happen. If it does happen, um, you know maybe maybe it might happen in the LDV games. But he's getting enough chance in the league games. It might do. But um, yeah, going back to the game, I was going to say it felt like he was going to be the next one to score. He really did have a really good period when we went into that opening spell of the second half. And I think we got completely on top in the second half, Ollie, um, as it went on. Um, the referee fell over. The crowd town fans got up for the first time in the game. Sort of felt like the atmosphere was bubbling up and the game was bubbling up for us. And we had a few other chances, sort of blocked and fired wide. I think Pike had one um and yeah there was the one where sort of pike sort of crossed it into a doe in the box and he had a shot that was blocked Bayless then shot pass. wide you know we was yeah we started to create things weren't we yeah we were but it was really weird it was a funny game um and yeah 20 minutes kind of went by um with not a lot going on and um i will i will not steal um comments it would be very easy for me to paraphrase what andy uh, andy <laughs> cook was saying of this game but yeah andy cook was fantastic actually he makes really makes some He's really great. insightful comments He's, you know he really says things that, you know too often you watch the football imagine you you said you're watching the Tottenham game this afternoon i was watching a bit of it when i was cooking and you don't you watch it and you don't, you don't really learn anything from co-commentators which i think is always a bit disappointing but from Andy Cook, there's always something every half you pick up. And what he was talking about here, he said that Shrews were too predictable with their lines. And one of the examples of mm. was is that um, De Costa got the ball on the right-hand side and Bayliss run forward. It was obvious that Bay- um, De Costa was going to pass to Bayliss. And basically, they just defended, distracted him and, and stopped him put across in. And it's that kind of predictability um, which made Shrewsbury Town make it difficult for Shrewsbury Town to score an open play. 
Yeah, no, this he's very you know obviously as an ex professional footballer, it's um it's a completely different reading of the game sometimes to what we see as fans, I suppose. Um, and yeah, he's he's been getting rave reviews from what I've seen on Radio Shropshire, um, and from what I heard last year as well. So yeah, I think it's a really good observation. And we definitely started to play sm- smarter, I suppose, second half, Ollie. You know, moving Pike up front, he, he kind of moved in between the lines a couple of times, and it did just open up things a little bit, didn't it, for us to to kind of get a bit more out of the game. Um, initially not taking those chances, but eventually we did, didn't we? Yeah, it was a it was a. I talked about the Carlisle game being um, one of the best goals I've seen this season. This one was, wasn't too far behind. So really good build-up play from the back. Really a bit of skillful play um, from Pike inside our half. Um, he, he then passed to Pennington. Super pass from Pennington down the line and to DaCosta. Mm-hmm. It's obviously, um, and then a really good cross from DaCosta. And then this is the Dan Ado that we all love um, and dream about. He gets the ball, back. turns it, smash in the back of the net. Proper poacher's goal, proper striker's goal. Um, yeah, a brilliant goal, and yeah, got us got us underway there. Yep, to cost his first assist as well. I think that'll be the first of a few, Ollie. Um, so I think we'll see more of those come in. And yeah, I, you know, that's that's a dose twenty six goal now, Ollie. You know, for us since he joined, you know, starting to get up towards thirties. You know, how far can he get? Maybe another ten. You know, pushing forty. You know, there's not not many. You know, you know, not many players have scored many goals for us in the new Meadow era. Um, you know, he's already only two off Grant Holt for for Christ's sake. So you know, if he stays here this season and gets another decent return from where we are now, he's going to end up being one of our top goal scorers in the new Meadow era, which would be you know fair enough. He would be an you know an iconic player in that era then for the for the goals that he scored. But yeah, just a classic kind of a doe goal that we've come come to recognise in this new Ado period, I suppose. Um, since he sort of turned his form around at the start of last season. Yeah, it was it was it was good for Madonia. Fingers crossed um, we don't lose him and he can score score a few more goals this season. Um and I th- yeah. I thought this goal was was key. I think it came at a good time as well. Um I thought it kind of spurred us into into life, spurred the fans into a bit more life as well. Um yeah. and then yeah. Felt like game <laughs> over on the night, Ollie. Yeah, but unfortunately, um yeah, there's a ball over the top. Yeah um, from from Carlisle. Um, really slopping defending, kind of caught um, the defence and, and particularly Dunkley off off kind of, yeah, didn't really follow it very well. Amazing control from the lad though and a really, really good finish, really good finish mm. um, for, for Dennis um, on 81 minutes and yeah, we didn't really, I'm not sure if you felt it, we would have gone straight to penalties but yeah, it was, I'm not sure if we really needed more time minutes on the pitch um, but fortunately um, we managed to score um, and it was, yeah, a nice goal really I thought, a nice way to finish the game off. Yeah, just before getting to the goal, I, I do think Carlisle carried a threat before they got that equaliser. They'd had a, a couple of chances where they'd sort of headed one over and they'd had a dangerous um, cross to the back post that they still couldn't quite get to. Jamie Devitt was playing for them. I think he came on. He wasted a couple of good moments for them as well. So they, they still carried a threat on the break. So we weren't, even though we were dominating, it's, you know, still felt like they were good enough to kind of get that goal. And obviously they did. But um, yeah, as I say, luckily, I think Dunkley took a little bit of the blame for their goal, for the 2-2 goal, Ollie. He kind of maybe just lost the ball in flight, but still good by the striker. But it was nice that, you know, if he did make an error that people would, would have a look at he completely made up for it um at the end by by scoring and for a big center about half if you look at the 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 3-2 goal he's got good quick feet and need to sort of settle down and and fire home like that you know I thought thought on the night it was a doe from miles and miles away but it was it was a neat little finish from from close range obviously and um nice room to get his first goal of the season as well yeah it was good it was a nice another nice bit of set piece play um yeah um, Ainsworth of the Wicker manager is not wrong when he says that Shrewsbury Townsend will I will score a lot of goals and set pieces um and it's yeah really really well worked and Pennington, the assist. Um, yeah, you know, if, if we were playing, if there was a fantasy game for the League One, I'll tell you what, Pennington would be a, a good option to have because he's already got a few goals and a few, a few, an assist this season. Um, he's doing well yeah. with his Pennington. Uh, really gets involved. And, and the manager talked about this in, in the post-match for Wickham. He says, you know, a lot of, lot of teams will pick up Flanagan and Dunkley because they're the tallest. 
I mean, that kind of means that Pennington can kind of um, kind of lurk and, and be marked by not by their two, if you know, playing against a team with four, um, with, um, four, mm. four at the back, that have two big centre backs. Um, yeah, it gives that Pennington opportunity. Um, and, but good finish from Dunkley. Um, imagine that was just in front of you or just the side of you going. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I thought, you know, I couldn't quite see what was going on with, this, with, the, with the sun kind of poking through the sort of middle of the stand at that point again a bit. But um, yeah, no, it was down the other end. I say I thought it was a doe who had got another one. But yeah, then it was like Dunkley scored and it was, it was right down the other end. I was in block two and it was down by block nine, wasn't it, by the south stand. So yeah, watched it back again. As I say, as I mentioned, you know, I thought it was a really smart little finish. So there we go. As soon as that went in, it was it felt like game over because it was quite late on, wasn't it? Um, and um, it yeah. just felt like that was a bit of a killer blow. 86 minutes they'd come back into it and then five minutes later we'd obviously gone back ahead straight away so um they didn't really threaten beyond that we saw it out um and and that was it really so yeah it was a, it was a good night and nice to get as i said nice nice to get around to round two again and we'll touch on the draw after the top three ollie yeah and we had obviously Caton came as well didn't he? i think technically he, he, the, yep. well, the bbc claim he got the assist but i didn't quite see that maybe not sure really? yeah i'm not sure if that's that's true or not i thought it was pennington that flicked it on pretty sure but Caton came on so that was good for him yeah, I think he did actually think about it because the Shrewsbury Town Academy Twitter account put out a thing saying, "Congratulations, Charlie Caton, on his first assist in the football league." Uh, sorry, okay. in the, in, the, in for professional football. So, um, I think maybe, it, it maybe, maybe he got the the flick on after Pennington then. Yeah, then he came to Dunkley. So yeah, it was good to see him come on. Hopefully, can a few more minutes for him. Um, but yeah, let's let's close this game up. Um, so top three, Glenn, um, both went for the same. I yeah, I. I had I just grabbed this, it was yeah a, a, a horror show for me not putting Pike in the top three. So luckily, I, I re- reassessed my my um, my top three, and yeah, we've both gone for the same actually. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say him if you want. Yeah, Lee, he ran the match. I mean, his free kick was just class. The the one, not the one class moment of the game because I think the Carlisle goal was good as well. But for us, the, the class goal um, and also of all the midfielders, he stood out the most. We've not mentioned Moore, who was a bit ponderous at times, to be honest with you. And Bayless faded away as, as the game went on. So Lee kept going the whole time. Um, as we said, Pike had his best game for the club, but probably wasn't quite as good as Lee for me. So second place, same for you, Ollie. And then we've both gone for Pennington third, as you as you mentioned. He's genuinely one of the best defenders in League One, I think. Um, and yeah, offers us a threat and... Um, is is also incredibly good at defending, which we'll touch on when we get to Wimbledon as uh, Wickham as well. So that, that was good. I think that's a fair top three from both of us. Um, and then yeah, obviously next night I was sitting at home. I watched the end of what was it? Sheffield Wednesday versus Sunderland. I think it was the the, the last League Cup game. Um, I think yeah, I watched the end of that game and then sort of hung around for the draw. And they made us wait forever, Ollie, to find out who we were going to get in round two because we were the last ball out of the Northern draw, and the Northern draw was second. And eventually there we were, drawn as the second last ball. Shrewsbury Town at home versus Burnley, um, who obviously we played in pre-season. We were in the Premiership last season, so one of the biggest clubs, I suppose, in the Championship. Um, going through a transition, obviously. Um, yeah, old... Uh, what's his name? Their manager. God, his, uh, company. Vincent um, Big-name manager. Vincent Company, yeah. So quite a lot about it. I mean, for me, my observations are it's going to very much depend on how seriously they're going to take the game as to how much of a chance we've got of going through. But for me, I think it's one of those games that Town should try and have a little bit of a promotion of because we've not broken 3,000 Town fans at home in an, for a League Cup game since we played Chelsea in whatever that was, 2015. Um, it's not great, I know. We've had a lot of first-round knockouts and stuff and obviously against lower league opposition, but I'd like to think we could get 3,000, more than 3,000 in for, for a game against a championship club in round two of the Cup. I, I hope they push it a little bit because that would be good. And also that the extra backing might be the, the little thing we need to get us over the line in what will be probably a tough game regardless of who they play yeah I think it would be you know a Burnley's second team a reserve team would be would be a quality side you know um, I'm not sure yep. I know Twine didn't start in the first game but he maybe you know he might start this match and 
Yeah, um, just on Leahy as well, I thought Leahy was absolutely superb. You know, he had 80% pass completion in this game, and then he was involved a lot, won a lot of ground duels. Um, I thought, yeah, he had his, a couple of clearances as well, a couple of blocks. Yeah, a superb performance from Luke Leahy. And what, um, you, you listened to the you post-match, um, you listened to the manager, what did he have to say? Yeah, it was 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 pretty pretty bang on to be honest with you. What he had to say about the game and how it went, and praising Carlisle and Paul Simpson for their setup, but also saying it was nice that we took our chances when they come. So I couldn't really disagree with that. But I think the the fascinating thing was when he talked. Um, I'm not sure it was in the post match, or I'm not sure how it was how it's done now, or whether it was in the sort of um, the next day when they did a an interview for the for the game on Tuesday. But it was talking about how he didn't want to let um, Ricky or Pike go to Scunthorpe, and it was all about his dad, who's his agent, which <laughs> didn't sound great, um, and said he wanted to keep him at the end of last season, didn't even want to let him go out. So you know, that just backs up what you were saying about how he clearly wants him involved. Um, and yeah, and I thought that was a fascinating little insight there, Ollie, that we don't normally get. Yeah, it's good. It's obviously nice that the, the manager um, respects him and wants him to stay. I would say that, um, you know, he still doesn't get a lot of minutes, so you can understand why his, his agent, his dad, um, and wanted him to go out um, on loan and get some minutes. Didn't really work out the loan, did it, as maybe as much as he, he'd have wanted. Um, no, but, but but never mind. But um, but yeah, here we are now. We're um, we're with us, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on this season. Mm. Inter- interesting on uh, Steve Cotter interviews. Did you see the one this week with the red red arrows flying over? I thought it was quite yeah. a, a nice little moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously the advantage of being our near Shawbury. Um, but yeah, it's been a yeah, yeah some interesting um, close match comments with the manager. He was, he was in good form as well um, after the game at Wickham. Obviously, uh, maybe, maybe he's lightened up when he hasn't got his his nemesis asking him questions anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll have to see how that progresses as the season goes on. Hey, I got one last stat for you, Wally, on this game. Um, that was the 950th competitive goal ever at the New Meadow on that night. Um, Luke Lee's free kick. So we might see the thousandth goal um, this season scored at the Meadow. Probably, I would imagine, into, into the new year. But yeah, that'd be quite a, a milestone to reach a thousand competitive goals at the new stadium after what is sort of getting on towards 15 years now so there you go there was a last little stat for us before we close this game off um yeah so that was exciting and fun and it's always nice getting through to a cup game but i have to say as someone who was there on the day i bloody enjoyed my day out to wickham um so yeah let's move on to that game ollie because it, it was a it was a fun old day well by sharps the captain montrose nodded forward up towards uh, grendel on the turn it's bevan now who takes over bevan shoots ball ricocheting around as it been turned in it's been made the save it's been given Shoots me one, Wickham one, and Ben Smith is raging with the linesman on the steer side. Well, we can't see from here, Stuart, but to me, I looked at the linesman straight away. I looked at the linesman straight away, and he was two yards off the touchline. So, Saturday, in the blinding hot sunshine um, of, of the southeast, Wickham Wanderers one, um, Shrewsbury Town in the league two. Finally won there, Ollie. First ever league win at Adams Park. It's just probably worth touching on that. They they've been a massive bogey team for us, Wickham, haven't they? In it, considering like you know you might expect there to be teams you've got terrible records against and never won against. I think we played them thirty times. We've only ever beaten them four times up until Saturday, so now thirty one and five. Um, but they've never really been that much bigger than us. They've had one year in the championship, and that was last year. You know, traditionally we've either been higher than them or in the same division as them. So it's a real weird little statistical quirk how bad we've been at Adams Park over the years. Yeah, and their attendances are still smaller than Shrewsbury's. Yeah. Um, two, yeah. By about 2,000 on Saturday. But yeah, they've certainly been a team that punched above their weight and um, yeah, punched above their weight against Shrewsbury. It's a, 
yeah, very much a bogey team um, for us and, and not a game I normally look forward to for, for obvious reasons, but also um, because cause of the results that has been so poor. Yeah, I think most town fans went down there in a bit of trepidation considering our record there, but also the heat and the travel um, issues. There were no trains running. And to be fair, in the end, we ended up taking 282, which is probably a bit below we always normally take to Wickham. Um, I would, I would normally you'd normally have at least 200 yeah. from London, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. But it was just so hard to get there. And, and it was punishingly hot Ollie like much hotter than the Tuesday night game obviously because it wasn't wasn't in the evening even the walk up to the ground you know that 15 minute walk up from the, the roundabout down the road if you don't get a space too close oh my god I was dying when I got to the ground but um, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second but um, yeah let's just start by having a look at a few stats um, we're now four points ahead of where we were last season Ollie we've got four points now we had none last year <laughs> so um, I think that's a stupid comparison but it should be noted the only season we've ever started better in league one was the Paul Hurst season um, so all those other seasons where we started reasonable were all four points after three games so I think that's probably a fairer comparison um but yeah you could technically say second best start to a league one season after three games that is true so there you go um and it was also the 99th point that um that um steve cottrell's got for us now in in league one for shrewsbury um from 81 games ollie which is 1.171 points a game and again compared to all the league one managers we've had recently still only paul hurst is better and i think sometimes you know we've obviously talked about the issues we had with paul hurst uh, sorry with um, steve cottrell and some of the disappointing times we had last season but you know still tracking just above you know all the other league one manager we've had yeah look it's a decent start season I also were a little bit concerned coming to this game we still haven't scored a goal yet so that was a, a, something that I think was we needed to get yeah we'll go through the game in detail but um, it was a much needed result um, and a, a fantastic result um, overall um, a, a great yep. a great great win yeah, another stat just to back up that kind of sort of slightly better than recent times is um when compared back to last season, obviously total shots and and shots on target are us all sort of tracking ahead of that, which is pretty good. And obviously, so are goals now. Um, so you know those those sort of attacking metrics are up from last season, which wouldn't have been too difficult to do. Um, and Morosi got another clean sheet. He's now got sixteen in total, Ollie, which is fascinating. When I looked at all time clean sheets for Shrewsbury Town, he only actually needs twenty four to get into the top ten all time for Shrewsbury Town and he's on 16 now so you'd think he'll get another you know another eight between now and the end of the season won't you um so yeah it'd be nice for him to kind of have a nice little position in the top 10 you know most clean sheet clean sheets for Shrewsbury Town he's now got one more than Joe Hart Ollie so um there you go he's, he's got he's got 16 Joe Hart had 15 but yeah I think we're starting to see you know he obviously had that massive long wait last season Morosi for clean sheets and from Christmas time last year to, to now he's starting to pick them up with much more regularity which is fairly deserved isn't it because he's been one of our best players for the last year and a half yeah no yeah well deserved mm. Yep, go on then. Just give us the team, Ollie. Let's crack on. Well, just before we do that, there is one. We have oh, won on. at Adams Park once before. Oh, league win. I did say league win, Ollie. I know just you did. I know. You haven't, <laughs> anything, you haven't said anything wrong. Don't worry, Glenn. I'm not, I'm not picking up on you on anything. Go on, uh, but we had, we have big, We have won at Adams Park before. Um, one and big. It was quite a, yeah, one big. It was a um, Johnson's Paint Trophy, which yep. you said it was the LD Vans Trophy, which I think people who are 18 don't know what you're talking about there, Glenn. So yeah, the Pizza <laughs> Cup. And um, yeah, Grant Holt scored five. Um, yep. Yeah, McIntyre scored and Cansdale Sheriff scored as well. So just a bit of bit of uh, bit of memory. So we had Garner in goal, Hurd, Coughlin, Langmean, and Tierney, um, Davis, Cansdale Sheriff. Um, we had Thornton, McIntyre, Holt, and Hibbert up front. Um, and yeah, interestingly, the attendance was only one thousand seven hundred. But yeah, we're stonking stonking um, victory there. Yeah, I think that's one of those. I think we've mentioned this game a couple of times in the podcast. I have yeah. it up there in my sort of top five games I'm annoyed I missed. Do you know what I mean? Because I didn't really miss yeah. that many games during the Grant Holt era because it was quite fun, wasn't it? But um, I never went down on that Tuesday night. And um, I remember listening to it on the radio, Ollie, that night. And it was one of those ones where you just couldn't quite believe what Dunny was saying. And you can even hear it back if you listen to Dunny's commentary on the night of that game how incredulous he is when we got the seventh. Do you know what I mean? And it was that season where we scored. 
we scored a couple of big numbers, didn't we, against teams? I think we beat Dagenham five, didn't we? And then we got seven at home to someone as well in another game. Um, I think I can't remember the teams now, but yeah, it was, it's a great one to watch back if you've got YouTube. Obviously, most people have the whole live game. Um, Shrewsbury, we, we it was one of the games that Shrewsbury put the whole live game up during COVID. So yeah, go back and watch that if you want a nice, uh, yeah. a nice watch of one of Shrewsbury's best performances. But yeah, we have one there before. And but funny never link as well as that Paul Simpson was our manager that day as well. Yes, true enough. Tuesday yeah. night. So yeah, the yeah. team. Sorry, <laughs> the... just quite quick on on Paul Simpson. I didn't mention this in the in the game we've just done, but. He got a really good round of applause from the town fans on um, the game because mm. it's the first time we've ever had him back as manager, which it was always a bit dubious because the way he left with the whole you know diabolical comments about our fans, it left a real big sort of sour taste in the mouth. But I was quite surprised our, our fans had mellowed so much and it was quite nice yeah, to hear him get a round of applause. I, I don't he think to Wembley, it, didn't he? I don't think it's the fact that how he left for me. Um, it's a, well, we just talked about that team. You've got, you've got Tierney, Davis and, uh, and Holt in that team. Um, and two of them played in the Premier League, and if you don't go up with that team, that's for me is, exactly. is, is the reason yeah. why he was a poor manager. But um, it just shows you, doesn't it? Football, you can improve, you can progress. Um, now he's doing. It looks like he's doing a good job at Carlisle. But time, time heals all things. So one yeah. day we can have Paul Hurst back. <laughs> So <laughs> but no, it's um, it was it was quite a nice moment. It shows a bit of class from our fans, doesn't it? Um, yeah. There was a big controversy on Radio Five Live last night that um, the Brentford fans were booing Ericsson. I was all right with that. I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all because uh, they he kind of left them. In yeah, the I don't see why. Why I didn't see, I don't really understand why they're booing a player who was on. You know, I guess they gave him a break and they gave him a chance. But anyway, um, the, this four, these four players I want to talk about doing. <laughs> so Morosi, Pennington, Dunkley, and Flanagan. We might have to make up a name for them um, because I can't just keep saying them for for another forty episodes. Um, so we had Great Costa, Ball of Shrewsbury. Yeah, something like that. I have to think of something. And <laughs> um, DeCosta um, was right wing back nurse, and then we were playing. Um, Alihi and Moore and Shipley in midfield and Moore playing quite deep in this game but we'll come on to that and then Pike Pike um, and Adoe up front so nice to see mm. Pike getting just rewards for his um, for his performance on Tuesday night and it's good to see that Doe um, was fit enough to start a game as well and is that the kind of team yep. you expected maybe a bit surprised Bayless didn't start a bit surprised Bayless didn't start because I think he's been alright in all the games so far and I was still surprised Pike started up front ahead of Bowman Um I am surprised by that. Um, I did wonder whether, you know, it was such a hot day and Bowman had those heart issues last year and I'm sure he's completely fine. Was it, you know, is there some sort of risk in really pushing his heart to an ex- extended, you know, issue? I don't know. He's probably fine. I did wonder whether that played a part in it, but Pike did enough in the second half on, on Tuesday. Maybe it's a bit of both. Maybe it's a bit of both. Because he was, did talk about um, player welfare after the game, the manager, so yeah. maybe there's something in that. Um, he should have. But, he might have yeah, you said it was hot, Glenn. Were. You were hot, um, and yeah, it's Mate. a there's a few nuts of Shrewsbury Town fans sitting in the sun, which I really didn't get because you could I, have sat in the shade if you wanted to. It was one of those games where you, we could sit in the shade and like we sat like I sat initially like maybe five rows up, um, but it was one of those ones where the sun was behind the stand, but it was coming over the top of it. So like after twenty minutes, you know, the first six rows were in in the shade, and you kind of had to move back a row. And then at half time, we just moved back loads because we knew we were just going to keep having to move otherwise. So yeah, we had a couple of couple of moves in the game as the sun came over us. But if you sat in the sun that whole game, fair play to you. You you must be able to handle the heat. Not a lot fair than play. Me. I mean, like. Just you must have some suntan cream on. Jesus, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to sit in there with no suntan cream all day. I should just say, Ollie, right? I, 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 I can't criticise people who sat in the sun at all this weekend, um, because on Friday when it was equally as hot, I teed off playing golf at the highest golf course in the country at Ledbury. Um, I think it's Ledbury. Um, and it was two o'clock in the afternoon, the heat of the day. Not a single other person was on the golf course other than me and my mates who we play with. 
and I was I was dying. I had double cramp in my legs when I got home late that night from dehydration, and I drank loads that day. So that's why on the Saturday I was much more cautious. It was quite nice driving down there. I think any because there was obviously no trains. I suppose most people drove down there. Considering how hot it was, I think most people probably enjoyed sitting in the car for two and a half hours in the air conditioning all the way down there. Survived two hours out in the sun watching Shrewsbury win. Got back in the car as quickly as possible, and then <laughs> got in the air conditioning and drove all the way home. And by the time we got back, it was reasonably cold. Um, no, well, not cold, but a little bit less hot than it was um, at three o'clock in the afternoon. So. Yeah, I expected, you know, with the weather, this to be quite a slow, plodding kind of game. Um, you know, broken up with drinks breaks and all that sort of thing. But um, it was quite a quite entertaining game in general. It wasn't quite it was as a, poor as I thought it would be. Well, it was... You, your emotions are um, clouding your memories of the first half, I think, Glenn. Because <laughs> um, the first half, from a Shrewsbury Town perspective, was a bit shit. Um, Shrewsbury Town were really poor. Um Wickham were good though, and they definitely have that's progressed I mean. as a football yeah. side. Um, yeah, as a neutral, Glenn, maybe that's what you should have said. As a neutral, if you're watching this game, it wouldn't have been too bad. Um, but from a Shrewsbury perspective, it was a really poor first half. Probably the highlight of the half for me um, was when um, Morosi did a Cruyff turn, um, and then yeah, <laughs> kind of then start to attack and he puts the ball forward. Ado wins the ball, really good cross from from, um, from Nurse, um, and it was headed over from De Costa with a diving header, which I thought was really really nice. Um, but there was a bit of a scare before then, wasn't there? Where Dunkley and, and Mar- well, actually Dunkley caused a bit of a mare, a bit of a mare, Morosi, and then good. Who came to the rescue, Glenn? Pennington, of course, um, to to save any blushes. Yeah, it was a bit of a mistake that from Dunkley, to be fair. Um, but um, it was the only real one he made in the game. To be honest, I thought it was good other, other than that one little moment. Um, yeah, sorry, just going back to it. It wasn't the you know, it wasn't like it was really great for Shrewsbury in the first half. I totally agree. My my, I, as much as I enjoyed yesterday, <laughs> it was not to do with the way we played in the first half. Um, but it was more about the fact that when we did have any kind of ball or chances or needing to put a block or a cross in, you couldn't complain about the effort. They put full gas in for that 90 minutes, despite what the weather was like. And I would say the same thing about Wickham. It was a very, very you know competitive game in terms of everyone put 100% effort in, considering it was literally 36 degrees, Ollie, which is you know not not great, is it? If that was in bloody... Um... And it's also, the difference is as well, the, the mugginess yeah. in Britain is just... It was horrid, yeah. It was horrid. So that's, yeah. that's what I meant. It was, but we weren't great in the first half. I would agree with you. It was literally a case of waiting to see when they would score. And I, I know that you know Dunkley, uh, Dunkley made that mistake and Pennington saved a cross. But um, yeah, it was it was a bit of a case of Morosi making saves in the first half, and he made some some really good ones. I thought. Yeah, he did. Morosi had a, a good a good half. Um, I think it's fair to say that um, Wickham had the better of the first half. Um, they absolutely dominated, really, in terms of possession. They had 66%, which is a lot for Wickham side. Nine shots to Shrewsbury's um, three. And also, we had no shots on target as well. Um, and, yeah, they had, like, seven corners as well, which is quite a bit. And, yeah, but they were mm. pretty, we were pretty much camped in our own half. I saw some discussion online about, basically, that Moore was playing in central defence. Um, but that was really... Was, yeah. But that wasn't really because of, you know, that's not a criticism of Moore as such. It was just the way the game went. He was playing defence midfield. We were really camped really deep. Um, and it was one of those funny games, like, it felt like I could, we made the change and, and fair credit to the manager for making the change. The kind of the the rationale for making the change was there to see for the whole game. And we just didn't have enough men getting forward, did we? And we had, no. basically, we had, obviously... Defend the wing backs are playing quite deep, um, and we and we just struggled to keep the ball. and And people, someone asked me, said, "Oh, how's how's Ado getting on in this half? How's Pike getting on?" And both it. Pike and Ado didn't have very good halves, but it's not really their fault. Is that is that fair? No, 
I think we've said that about Shrewsbury strikers a lot. When they're not getting service, you can't really be that critical, I suppose. I'd be surprised if they had 10 touches between them in that first half, or at least up to 35 minutes. They barely touched it, to be honest with you. So um, the, the wing-backs had to stay deep, though, because they Wickham were good in this first half. There's no no doubt about it. They played really well. McCleary, particularly, is a great player at this level. Jeez, he, he causes all sorts of problems. Um, and, you know, they've got a good lot of, like, you know, players that have had championship experience now. So it was always going to be tough, but we stuck to our guns. You know, we made a lot of good blocks. I remember DeCosta made a cracking block. There was a couple of ones where I think Dunkley and Pennington threw themselves in front yeah, of something. Yeah, Leahy made remember- two amazing blocks in this game. Leahy. Yes, he did. He made some really good blocks as well. So I, I couldn't question the commitment. And even though we were no. sweltering away and it was hard to watch and you were getting a bit of the, the old feeling, you know, I couldn't criticise the effort. I really couldn't. No, um, and you would expect that, wouldn't you, from a, from a Cotter and an Ainsworth team, both teams going for it. Yep. Um, yeah, first half, not a lot to talk about, really, from a shooter time perspective. A lot of balls in the box from Wickham. Um, and there was a couple of moments. It was a funny game because um, that tackle from, from, I think it was Horgan or whatever his name is, I don't know, Horrigan in centre midfield for Wickham. Um, yeah, really nasty tackle on Chipley, um, which some Wickham set play, um, fans said that Chipley dived, but I'm not really sure how, how that can be the case. Really, really nasty tackle and he got a yellow card. It was quite a quite a necessary um, lunge at his leg. Yeah, I saw that one through the sweat in my eyes, Ollie. Um, I could just about make out what got on. It looked nasty at the day, but um, I didn't personally think he was going to get sent off. I don't think. No, no, no. It was it was a yellow card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think maybe we kind of yeah could have done something there, but yeah, it was a it was a bit of a nasty tackle. and yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, the best. I think the best day Marusi made in the second half is they had a really long range shot, and it was like a one that was really dipping wickedly. Yeah, and he just sort of touched it onto the onto the bar and over. That was a, that was probably the best save. And um, as you say, we didn't really create anything after that Pike and DaCosta chance early on in the second in the first half. But I should just notice for anyone that wasn't there and maybe it wasn't commented on the radio, but the the DaCosta chance was quite amusing. He got it got crossed across to him. I think it was Pike, and he was kind of free back post, you know, reasonably far out. It wasn't like he was close in, and he did a dive in header, and he dive in headed. It was such power that it went out of the stadium. Yeah, I don't know. I know it's not the biggest stand, but it's pretty impressive to head a ball out of the stadium. So fair play to him. He's obviously got a strong neck. <laughs> yeah, it was a nurse cross, and that's to say, um, you know, nurse and Acosta are both been putting some good balls in the box, um, which yeah is, is yeah it's something that I think the strikers need to kind of get better at getting on. Uh, and having mm. that third man running from midfield as well, I think that would be useful. But yeah, um, that was the first half. Um, second half. Um, yeah, it kind of carried on as, as normal and we were expecting Wickham to score and then, yeah, it yeah. did. And it was a, a fantastic strike, wasn't it? Yeah, before we got to that, it felt really weird on the day. It felt like the half-time was like 25 minutes. And I, I don't... No one timed it. I'd, I'd love to know if someone they'd given them an extra minute or five minutes because it was so hot. It just felt like it went on for ages, but maybe it was... Maybe the referee was, so was just um, wanted a second <laughs> bottle of Coke or something and he hadn't finished. Oh dear, there was a lot of water to be fair. I imagine was drunk in that changing rooms or isotonic drinks at least. Um, but yeah, it felt really long anyway. But yeah, when it when it came out, it did start the same pattern. Um, and um, yeah, it was it was still feeling like a case of when they were going to score or or if we could just keep them out and, and maybe come away with a draw. But yeah, it was a really good finish. Um, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. You felt it felt a little bit like he had a bit too much time with a shot, Ollie, um, on the day. I don't know what you've seen from from watching it back or watching it on the on the telly, but felt like someone needed to get and close him down a, a bit sooner than they did. And then Morosi just didn't really move, did he? Um, but no, obviously, he mustn't be able to see it. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's fair. Yeah, it was one of the odd ones where it kind of bounced funny, and then like yeah, it kind of like then fell behind Flavingen, and then Dunkley went to close him down. I, I believe, looking at the angles, it looked like that um, um, Morosi was kind of um, side, mid-sighted by, by Dunkley being mm. in the way and he couldn't really see Gosh. it and then he hit it. 
And then it was, yeah, it was, it was quite well hit. It wasn't super fast, but yeah, Morosi couldn't get to it, I think, because he, he couldn't see it. So that was not the best, but um, but yeah, it, it's a, a decent strike. And then, um, yeah, a couple of chances later on, there was, yeah, and he had another strike as well. And yeah, it was it was one of those, I don't know, at this point in the game, I was a little bit concerned how this was going to go. And I'll be honest, at this point, I didn't think we were going to win. No, no chance. And it was, you have to say at this point, Pike and Odo had been bullied out of the game a little bit as well by the two centre-backs. They'd, they'd had absolutely... In, and one of the centre-backs being Jacobson. You know, and he's, exactly, not, he's yeah. not a man-mountain. and He's a very good footballer, but he's not a man-mountain. Um, and you wouldn't expect to do um, to kind of lose that battle as such. No, and even with the lack of service they got, I think they both could have done better, to be honest with you. So I was thinking at this point, you know, why not just pull a doe and, and, and pike off? You know, they've had a really hard week, both of them playing pretty much both game, you know, both games up to that point. What was it? 50 odd minutes, I suppose. Um, You know, in punishing heat, you know, why not send on Blocks and Bowman at the same time and kind of freshen it up and, and see if that changes things? Because, you know, you would have expected them to come on and also get no service and it wouldn't really have affected the way we play. Um, And, you know, it was it was interesting. We're one nil down, you know, there'd been a lot of work done this week in hot weather um, and, and there were a number of Town players not playing very well. Shipley, particularly, I think a lot of town fans around me were wondering why he hadn't been subbed off. But what happened next sort of changed the game, didn't it? Because we, we started to create things a little bit only really during the game from set pieces. And George Nurse's throw, even before the the goal that we scored, the, the first one, um, had already started to cause a few issues um, for for Wickham when we were putting it in there, which um, is obviously something they're used to doing to other teams. But um, I think the fact we scored when we scored kind of changed the, the dynamic of what subs we would have made. But um, yeah, I, I think the goal came at a brilliant time for us because even the manager must have been thinking, what can I do to change this? Yeah, the goal would have come at a funny time. We almost had like a couple of minutes around that time. We just seemed to, I don't know, Wickham, maybe they were just having a breather after the goal or what, but we seemed to have a bit more space and time on the ball and we seemed to actually be able to get the ball um, forward a bit better, which was which was positive. And yeah, then yeah, Nurse um, had a throw in on the left-hand side. Um, yeah, threw it into the box and Flanagan flick on and who was there to, to head it to the back of the net was your man Pennington. Um, fantastic goal from a shooter town perspective. The set piece that Ainsworth was was talking about to his team that we, we were going to pose a threat from. Um, at that point, yeah, kind of, yeah, it, it meant that this was game on and, yeah, uh, you know, kind of everyone sat up a little bit and it certainly spun the Shooter Town fans um, back into life. I think that was a big part of the rest of this game is that they scored that goal in front of the Town fans and the reaction was one of unity between the fans and the players it was a real I mean you've probably seen the video I put up you know they really celebrated right in front of the town fans Leahy was going get the fans up get the fans up he was going mental a lot of the players came over and did it now in fact we'll come back to this in a minute I'll play the audio in of this chance Ollie um, of the goal now and, and we'll come back in a second And as you can see, Ollie, it was a raucous celebration at the end of it, um, considering it was only 260. And I think that the players maybe got a little bit extra motivated by the goal. Like, obviously, goals change games. Um, and this was one of those ones where it completely changed it a bit. But um, I do think that, you know, the, the feeling of scoring in front of our own fans um, on an away day somewhere where they probably know we've got a bad record and, and that we've been struggling and we've not played very well. I just think that they, you know, they wanted that feeling again. And they did attack more from that goal. And we definitely created more chances. They were all still set-piece chances. But, you know, there were chances for us as we went on then and I just feel I feel a little bit like the players loved it they loved that moment well his first league goal of the season wasn't it um, after True. they scored Pressure a couple off. of yeah. goals on Tuesday night as well so yeah I think there's a, a natural burst from that but I think also there's something isn't there about being away um, at a team that is you know fancied for promotion get a goal in front of your fans and yeah geared us up and, and I think also it was a 
a reward for all the hard work they've been doing. You know, we're talking about Wickham having you know, 60, 70 percent possession. That means that Shrewsbury Town players are doing a lot of running, so they've got reward for their for their hard work. And yeah, definitely spurred us on. About five six minutes later, and the manager makes two one of the two key changes. He takes yeah, off more and puts Leahy more defensive midfielder who played a much higher up. I thought. And then we had Shipley and Bayless playing as like two eights, um, which meant we were a bit more attacking. Um, and yeah, you talked about Shipley in the last game and. Yeah, we're not seeing a lot from Shipley yet. We're seeing a lot of hard work, and we're seeing him shooting and going wide. But um, yeah, I'd like to see a bit more, bit more from Shipley on the ball. And what did you think of him in this game? Yeah, he was not very good at all. Um, I'm not going to be too harsh on him yet. This too, this too far into the season because I, I, I was the one that said he'd be our player of the season. But yeah, he's done nothing in any games, and this didn't change mind. He was pretty, he was abject first half, and if he'd got subbed off first half, he couldn't really have had any complaints. And he was playing in what is potentially his preferred position, so that's fine. But it was you know mitigation, mitigating circumstances. We were against Wickham away, so um, I do want to see him have a performance soon. I'm starting to see performances from a few of the other lads. Um, you know, DeCosta's been good since he signed. Bayless has had a couple of good moments, but we just haven't seen anything from Shipley so far. So um, hopefully we'll see it in the in the first few games in in, in this week, really, um, and hopefully he can turn that round. Um, on the subs, I totally agree with you, Ollie. The subs this week were vital to what the rest of this game went like, and I completely agree with you. The one on 67 definitely made us more attacking, but even Bowman for DaCosta. Um, and then Pennington going to right back, that made us more attacking as well. And that was on 80 minutes, um, and it was still 1 1 there. So, you know, we've often criticised um, Steve Cottrell for not making any subs or not making enough subs, but this is one of those games where you couldn't really criticise the subs. And he mentioned it in his post match, didn't he, about whether he thought we were going for it too much and he would get grief if we ended up losing. But I, f- I figured, you know, he-, he saw it was there to be won after we'd scored. It did definitely change the vibe in the stadium. Um, and yeah, he went balls to the wall, paid off for once. Yeah, we did. So we scored. So the goal was scored in like the 60th minute. Yeah, um, 60th minute we scored a goal, and then the game kind of yeah bent both ways, kind of ebbed and flows. Um, yeah, eighty minutes I said definitely agree with you. We made a change. Bowman came with Costa, which was a surprise substitution. Went to four at the back. Um, sorry, another point actually. Sorry, we, that's not true. We went to three at the back, and Pike was yep. playing right wing back. Um, For a bit, and yeah. then and yeah, then, and then about yeah. So you say just before the goal, and it was key for the goal, and we'll explain why. Salah went four three three. So Pennington went to right back. Pike was then now playing as in a front three at the right. So there's a, a Bloxham came on as well. So this is the first attack we had in this 4-3-3. So basically, they play the full ball forward um, and we attack. And Pike in the carrying attack is in a much more advanced position than he would have been even just a couple of minutes before then. So the change of attack meant that Pike was in that, in that attacking right position. He gets the ball. He's the guy that then plays the ball to Bayless, who is tugged down by, by Jacobson, and we won a penalty. And it's crazy, isn't it? You know, Mickey Mellon's famous. You talk about fine margins. One mm. change, a couple of changes in terms of formation, Pike being higher up, that meant he was there to get the ball, and he then set up the penalty. That one change and going for it, and fair play to the manager, you know, you could argue... It's going to be really critical. He could have done it earlier, potentially, but we're playing away against Wickham, so I understand why he didn't do it. But fine. he thought, yeah. we've got a point. We thought, but he thought, I think we can get something here. He went for it. You know, they could easily have hit us on the counter-attack with their talent, but we didn't, and we got it. And then we got the penalty, and yeah, fantastic finish from Leahy. Yeah, Lee's a bit like Norburn. I don't ever expect him to miss a penalty. 
Do you know what I mean? Norman was really good on pens, wasn't he, as a central midfield captain? Um, almost like you've got that responsibility as the captain to make sure you score the penalties. That's your job. It's an extra job you've kind of been given. It's sort of continued from the Norburn era into the into the Leahy era, hasn't it? And um, yeah, he just looks very confident on penalties. Um, again, Cottrell was talking about how he loves that responsibility. Um, yeah, he's, no one else is going to be taking penalties this season. Uh, he did really well. Great penalty. Um, and the Town fans went absolutely mental because it was very very late on, wasn't it? You know, we're talking, you know whatever it was, 90, 89 minutes. It's like the last minute of the game. Um, although it didn't feel like that because there was seven, eight minutes injury time, basically. Um, so it felt like the game went on for a bit longer after this goal than, than we would have wanted. But yeah, he's, he's just going to be he's just going to be solid on penalties all season, isn't he? And I think he's going to... You know, he should be looking to get 10 goals this season as a centre-mid, you know, try and get up to... Are you reading, to you remember my tweet? Yeah, I tweeted that after the game, yeah. thinking, you know, he's always got two this week. Um, no reason why he can't get 10 in, in all competitions. Um, and what a fantastic week for him. I thought his play, all-round play was brilliant. He's so good at winning the balls and getting those tackles in. Um, he'd be amazing five-a-side player, wouldn't he? He's really good at winning those balls in tight spaces. He did some fantastic blocks. Um, I don't like him playing you know, as a deep, as a six, because I no, think I his that. passing is so good that you want him in a bit more an advanced position. Um, so hopefully as we get a bit more confident and we get a bit better, um, we won't be playing so deep, so he can get forward because he's a real threat. And he, you know, we saw him last season do some great through balls. Um, hopefully, we can see that a bit from him this season. Um, but you noticed something, Glenn, at the day um, with Bowman. Oh yeah, it was quite funny actually. I think I just should just say, yeah, from the goal on eighty nine minutes, Ollie, through to the end of the game, I actually thought we saw the game out really well. There was nothing, no real threats from from Wickham. Um, we we just stayed in our block. We went to the corner. I think we only went to the corner once, but we generally played that period out really well. And defence deserve a hell of a lot of credit for for kind of being as solid as they were during that period. So yeah, nothing to say about the end of this game. But there was one moment where. This shows you how hard they were working. Bowman had come on, um, and he put a fair shift in in his, his time he was on the pitch. But there was a ball that went over towards where the dugouts were, and it was obviously going out of play. And, and Bowman just couldn't quite stop himself, and he sort of he sort of pushed himself as he came off the pitch into um, Ainsworth. And Ainsworth had a little kick out at him. You could tell he was aggravated, and it was just like one of those moments you were like, "Yeah, oh, we got you here today." He's he's obviously annoyed with what's happened here because technically we we out Wickham Wickham, didn't we? We out, we did the old Wickham um, to 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 the new Wickham, I suppose, in terms of not having many chances but scoring from set pieces and being hard to break down and gritty so yeah I felt like we got into him and, and still you know he's grown on a lot of town fans over the years I think he's quite an honest football manager isn't he? he says quite good things in interviews and stuff when you've heard him but no one can really forgive him for the ghost goal because um, it was his goal um, that, that cost us that day wasn't it and potentially cost us the, the league title so um, he's an interesting one Ainsworth isn't he but um, yeah I thought it was quite a funny little moment Ollie when they, they almost came to blows similar to uh, maybe Conte and, um, and Tuchel at the end of the Chelsea Spurs game today yeah, but didn't quite funny. get that far <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny. It's a, and it's always uh, one of those games, isn't it, where the fourth official um, was probably not really looking forward to this game with Cottrell and Ainsworth <laughs> in the heat. Um, yeah, Ainsworth with his shirt half done in his cowboy boots. Um, yeah, it's it's always going to be... Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, Wickham are funny, aren't they? So they put, um, just before the game, after when the warm-up started, they put some um, sheets up, didn't they, to shield the, um, the the home dugout. Didn't do the same for the away dugout. Yep. And they do all those little um, those little fine margins, don't they? Um, which I always think is quite funny. Although town were decent, actually. When they had the drinks breaks, they walked away from the dugout. Yeah, the they man did. with our water went around the other side and they did it in the shade on the other side of the pitch. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like that was something the referee had stipulated because when I've watched loads of other drinks breaks in games today, they do it right by the dugout. So that was pretty clever. A town, again, yeah. maybe again a little bit of you know Cottrell kind of seeing ahead and thinking about some small margins as well. So um, yeah, I thought that was clever from the manager or whoever in the team yeah. came up with that one, really. Talking handbags, we did forget, we didn't talk about a moment in the, in the second half where Shrewsbury Town wanted to throw in and then yeah, Leahy tried to get the ball. 
And um, yeah, McCleary kind of like was messing around with it and then raised his hand. It looked like he put it yep. almost around Leahy's throat. And and then then he right. then he stopped us taking the throw and I don't understand why that wasn't a yellow card and yeah it was a it was yeah it was an unnecessary moment I wouldn't say the game overall was feisty it was hard fought but it wasn't a, a handbaggy type Chelsea Spurs game was it no no there was no no real needle in it that was the only real flashpoint was and when we have so many incidents of little handbags nowadays as a Shrewsbury Town fans we do it does happen more often than not it feels but um you know unless someone gets booked to a red card I'm not really. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for a little bit, of, a little bit of a, a malice and a bit of pushing in here and there. It gives a bit of a, a bit of atmosphere to the crowd as well during some of the lifeless games. So um, yeah, as long as we're not doing two two totally stupid things and getting people sent off in it, I'm not too fussed. But yeah, if he put his hands up, then you know there's a potential for the referee to look at it. But I couldn't see it from where we were on the day, so I will I will bow to your um, I will bow to your um, knowledge of watching it on the telly that day. But yeah, final whistle then, Ollie, brilliant crowd loved it 260 down fans every single one of them cheering everyone went down the front players came over really good celebrations again look at the blue and amber twitter account if you want to see some of those um post-match celebrations they were great um a problem is i, I ended up recording about a minute of them ollie on my phone to, to show people and just to put my phone down to kind of clap the lads off as they were sort of turning round. um steve cottrell comes over and does the bloody jürgen klopp three fist punches to the crowd i was like what's going on here you know where's the thing gone <laughs> we should be doing the thing um but yeah quite a moment that ollie and uh yeah you know town fans were reciprocated and, and did the cheers so you know things building maybe things building it's yeah it's now now lewis cox has gone so steve cottrell can build a proper, proper relationship with the fan base um so yeah no, it, was, it was good to see and yeah the manager clearly was excited and yeah the players it's one of those great moments isn't it and it's and i think it's really important just to note this it just it rewards those away fans you know since we've been doing the podcast Massive. we've talked about very few away games you know, very few weird games. You know, like, you know, yep. like a bit like when you went to the Stoke FA Cup game, you know, like oh, well, that was a reward for an away game. You know, you go to all these away games, you spend all this money, especially now with the fuel and stuff. You you battle through the heat. You go to all these crap games. You freeze your balls off at Scunthorpe and all these different places. Carlisle. Yeah, Carlisle and all this kind of stuff. And then you come back um, and win 2-1 um, away at a Wickham where we've got a terrible record and it just makes it all worthwhile and, and you put it on Twitter and I think it's a good way of doing it. It's a drug, isn't it? Like, yep, yeah. You're, you're, and then you have the fear of missing out. But I've got to go, I've got to yep. go because if I don't go, I'll miss out. Um, it's, it's, it's a special moment. It is. It's it, and you know I, I've never taken drugs. I, I should say that, even though I did the analogy. Um, but you know I imagine it's uh, you know what a similar sort of feeling. You want that kind of next hit again. Do you know what I mean? And I love it so much. I love it. It was one of my favourite away days in the last five years. Again, in terms of league performances. Um, but for, for various reasons, like it's obviously amazing to win at a team that just come down in the championship and somewhere we've had such a poor record. And I've personally been loads and loads of times and never seen us win there. Um, but also you know it was the issue to do with the weather, the hardness of getting there. Um. I think all those things combined, and also sometimes the company you're with. I sat with Ben Harvey, um, who's a friend of ours, and and Dan, who's been on the podcast. He brought his um, he brought his son up and a few of his friends from London, and then I sat by um, Andy Groves, who I played with through sports for years. His dad and his daughter real nice group of people to sit with do you know what I mean and and just when you combine lots of things like that you know you remember away days for different things yeah sometimes you remember winning 7-2 at Northampton and you only really remember the game but sometimes there are away days as a football fan and I'm sure all of us have our own groups of friends and, and reasons and, and why fours of, of mad journeys to things that, that are reasons why you remember good away days and um, to be fair to Cottrell he's given us a few in the last few years um, you know when we won away at um, Rotherham 3-0 last season that was probably up there Ollie again for similar reasons with the people who sat by and, and what that day felt like um, I also really enjoyed us drawing at Sheffield Wednesday 1-1 and then you know the wins away at Hull and Lincoln for the town fans out there that day probably felt similar you know in terms 
of we were playing the teams that were first and second in the league at that point, weren't we? So he does pull out some amazing away victories. So one thing you can say about Cottrell, um, maybe a little bit more than Ricketts in his era, where we, we generally didn't win too many good away games, did we? Yeah, it was. It was. He's really good. It was a bit of a Wickham Wickham esque. Um, how do you put it? Yeah, Wickham esque kind of style of game, wasn't it? Counter attacking, yeah, play yeah. for set, win, win, win your set pieces, um, try and get some results and. Yeah, Wickham have definitely progressed you know, to a bit more of a, a passing side they now. They were good. Um, and they were good. But um, um, yeah, and actually just talking on this kind of theme, I thought that Ainsworth, I was hoping for some salty tears, but I watched the um, the interview with <laughs> Ainsworth and it was a really, really good interview, wasn't it? He, I really liked the way he kind of swerved the penalty thing. He said, what well, was a penalty? Um, he didn't have any, any complaints about that. Um, I thought nope. it was a really, really post-match interview for Mains, where if you watched it as well. Yeah, he'd picked out that we were only really going to score from set pieces, so he was fuming that they didn't deal with them. Um, was 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 uh, you know fairly um, honest about the way his team didn't finish their chances, and you know he, he used the phrase they did a Wickham of a few years ago, um, which is completely fair, and and I think that's a very good summary of the game, Ollie. We should probably use that as the title um, to this podcast, to be honest with you. So um, yeah, we did a Wickham of a few years ago. That's a good place to leave where um, that was. What I didn't listen to, uh, funnily enough, I listened to the opposition manager this week, but I didn't listen to Cottrell. What did he have to say? Um, yeah, just before we go on. To- that there was a few oh, Wickham fans who were going on about how we cheated and all this kind of stuff which I was a bit confused yeah. about I did check in with a, a few trusted sources so I asked Ant Thomas um, who I knew watched the game what he thought he didn't he didn't understand what that was all about as well I asked um, a, a Wickham fan I know um, who's a, a, a Wickham fan from Gibraltar and so I asked him as well um, and then obviously we had a bit of a chat as well and a Wickham fan um, um, kind of jumped on the conversation. A guy called Erling Brout Hanlan, which is an interesting name, and he said, don't listen to them. <laughs> he says, we weren't good enough and we got taught a lesson. People look for stupid excuses like cheating. And being a Wickham fan, we know all about it. So yeah, most yeah. Wickham fans um, you know, saw it was a hard-won win for Shrewsbury. Yeah, um, I, I saw so. on Twitter there was... There was a guy called Peter Kindness, who often tweets on match days. Um, and he said, you know, in terms of time wasting and stuff like that, he said, neither team really rushed into anything um, and neither team really took too long over anything, which I think is fair. I wouldn't say that anyone really was time wasting. Um, and he said he was chatting to a couple of Wickham fans on the way back to the car and they were very complimentary about us. So, yeah, every, every club's got a few uh, Twitter mad ones. Maybe we're those people, Ollie. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think in general, um, there wasn't really too many complaints from um, the Wickham fans. I think they, they've seen their team do it enough that they've got to kind of accept it's going to happen to them now where they're trying to play yeah. football in a different way yeah and I wonder whether we're going to turn into their bogey team because it's the last game yes, we played them it seemed like we had like something crazy like nearly 30 shots and didn't score we got um, back to yeah. yeah yeah we did so <laughs> let's, let's do the top threes quickly um, and then let's talk about the manager comments um, so I went for Leahy, Pennington, Morosi. Um, yours was a little bit different. Yeah, I went for Morosi, man of the match. I think he just made the, the, the good saves at the good point of the game um, for us to keep us in it. Um, I, I went for all defensive players in mind. As much as Leahy was really, really good, and I, I can't really debate him being in your top three, um, I just think that you know that was a performance that was based on defensive solidity rather than how good we were going forward. Um, so yeah, I went for Morosi, man of the match. I thought he was really, really good. Um, and then I went for Pennington and Dunkley in second and third, but I, I couldn't really split them, and it's probably harsh on Flanagan as well. I thought they both did really, really well, but Pennington obviously the goal um, and I thought Dunkley made some really good blocks as well but yeah harsh on Leahy to miss out on the t- on the top three um, and, and harsh on Flanagan as well I thought was fantastic and, and, and De Costa and Nurse were good as well so for me it was one of those games where despite our positive round we've scored two goals and we've won a game away at Wickham for me uh, I think you know you know, eighty percent of the credit goes to the defence, and twenty percent goes to the work rate of everybody else on the pitch. And I think yeah. that's where how we got the result, really. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I just thought Leahy for the blocks, for the tackles, for the effort, was good, yeah. for working, yeah. yeah, it was really good. Um, and yeah, Morrissey was Captain. fantastic. Made some good saves. Made some, um, yeah. As Cottrell always talk about, you know, saves expecting to make. 
Um, he's quite critical, mm. isn't he? He's quite, he needs to do really well in goal to, to get his praise. But yeah, good good performance from Marusi and yeah, a, a good sign-in. Um, so what did the manager say? It was a good win um, after a poor first half. He said well, we did everything we were supposed to do after we equalised, which I thought was quite interesting. He said the change in formation got us the win, which was very, um, <laughs> yeah, very, very, very nice of the manager to point out. Yeah, self-praising, <laughs> yeah. Um, he, I thought it was quite funny. Uh, but he said he was thought he's worth, uh, worth going for the risk. Um, he comments also about how fit we looked in, in different difficult circumstances. Um, agree with that. Yep. Which, yeah, which you, you've already mentioned, Glenn. And then also, uh, he said, you know, we worked a lot on long throws. I, I, I kind of hinted at this earlier. He said, we have Flanagan and Dunkley, and then Pennington is often free. Um, and yeah, and he said he couldn't tell from the angle if he'd scored. Um, but when Pennington started running off celebrating, he knew he'd scored. Um, and then, um, I Bayless, could tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was right behind it. And then um, Bayliss, um, he said he didn't start because he thought it would be a bit of a ding-dong game, a lot of headers, so that's why he didn't start. Ah, okay. Um, so, yeah, an interesting one. Um, but, yeah, overall, Glenn, a, a really good week. Um, you know, a win yeah. uh, and, and progress into the next round of the League Cup. Um, and for me, it's one of those um, start of the season you want to get as you want to get your first clean sheet. You want to get your first goal, and you want to get your first points. Getting a win like that away at um, at Wickham, irrelevant of the the performance and performances are important. But but for me, this is a big big result, um, and hopefully, we'll give all the players um, a lot of confidence. Yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it? We're probably about par for where you would have thought we'd be looking at those first four fixtures, aren't you? In terms of four points, you know, maybe that's maybe that was about par. Maybe it's a little bit yeah, above par. No, I, think, um, I think that's fair yeah. given the fixtures. But we haven't actually played that well. In any no, games we haven't. Yet, Ollie. No, but <laughs> so we haven't. Bit... And that's good. It's good that we're not it playing is good, well. Yeah. But we've won yeah. two games this week and we scored six goals. Sorry, five goals. That's yep. good. I'd, I'd much rather yeah, no, us. I'd much rather us and win two games, <laughs> not playing well. That happen to do what we've done for the last seven years is talk about poor performances and poor results. And there's definitely so much more to come out of this team still. You know, we've we've seen we've seen some of the quality of some of these players in in certain parts of games where we've got done enough to get through games. But you know, you can look at a Shipley. Um, there's so much more to unlock there. DeCosta's shown us flashes, but he's he's going to get better and better as the season goes on. I suspect. You know, I think that we'll probably unlock a little bit more out of more as the season goes on. And you know, that some of these new players, you know, Ryan's come in. You know, he might be a game changer. There's there's lots of reasons to be positive. I think that for all the people that were saying, oh, two games in you know same old same old and then other fans saying well you shouldn't really get too down about that come on we're only two games in I feel a little bit like the other way I absolutely loved this week I really enjoyed watching both wins live but you know we are where we are now it's four games in I don't want to get too carried away yet either I do want to get carried away but I need I need a little bit more evidence before I might throw my hat in the ring and go full full 2017-18 but you know signs are there that it could happen um but there's also been signs there that there are still some little things that we need to iron out so Obviously, another two tough games coming up, Ollie. It's yeah. going to be difficult to really provide a full judgment after these next two games. I think we would still be saying 10 to make some initial judgments, won't we? But, you know, I think having beaten Wickham away, playing Ipswich and Derby at home, it, it, you know, they're both going to be very hard games um, considering the way they've started. But I, I'm not fearful. I don't I don't think we should be fearful as a team. I think they've shown that they can do that gritty thing and, and maybe Nick wins against these teams coming up. So I'm not expecting us to win both these games, but I suspect we'll be competitive in them. It's going to be an interesting test this week, isn't it? Yeah, almost go as far maybe to say three hits. You know, playing two yeah, of the, the 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 bigger teams in the division. Derby County are a huge club at this level, and Ipswich are a big club at this level. Um, it's going to be interesting. Ipswich Town, um, have had obviously have a bit more stable, and have had a, a manager from last season who's done more more business and start the season well. Derby, even though obviously they've 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 had a lot going on. 
Um, they start the season pretty well. Uh, they've won two games, lost one. Um, they sit seventh. It's which a joint top on goal difference um, with Sheffield Wednesday. So they start the season really well. So, yeah, it's Shrewsbury Town and um, Steve Cottrell. You never know what's going to happen. Um, but, it's yeah, it's going to be two interesting games. It is. And, you know, a free hit is a completely fair way of saying it. I do think, you know, I wanted to say, you know, beating Wickham takes a bit of pressure off these games. And, and people will oh, say there's does. no pressure after... I think yeah, it no does. Pre- but people say there shouldn't be pressure after five games, which is probably a fair comment but as well. You, but, but you would have had zero... My, my, not zero points. We've had one yeah. point. That's from five good. games, which would have been rubbish. Yeah. yeah. So I think it does make a big difference what we did on Saturday. And, and hopefully it frees the players up. I do feel, you know, having watched the players and seen those celebrations at the end... You know, I've seen us during the Ricketts eras and, and, and Askey as well and, and you know, obviously other managers during the years. It felt a little bit more, it did feel a little bit more 16, 17, 18 season, the way that they celebrated with the, play, the players and the fans at the end. Sometimes we've got into it and, and I don't know, I, that, that, you know, that's why you want to be positive. You might want to think there's a chance that that sort of thing can happen again. But, you know, we had Wigan, didn't we, in 17, 18, quite early on, who were going to be one of the big teams. And we, we, did, we played really well against them at home in a similar kind of time period to what we'll have this one. So if we were to go and do something against Derby on Tuesday night, you would really start to see something building but you know I'm, on, I'm going to be positive I, I'm not going to predict us to, to win both games this week maybe, maybe we'll nick one and lose the other one but um, you know if we got a, if we got a point out of these two games or nicked one of them and won it I'd be more than happy with that if we, if we lose both of them not ideal um, but then we'll look at the next block of games won't we but um, yeah it'd be tough but we'll have a go at them that's for sure yeah we definitely wouldn't have come into you know even to say we'd beaten Carlisle and say we hadn't scored and lost to Wickham I think this podcast would have had quite a different um, feel yeah. to it. Yeah. We wouldn't have scored Correct. a goal yet. I'd have been whinging about that. Um, you'd have been talking about, you know, <laughs> but he went away and, you know, it was hot and, you know, we didn't get anything and we didn't like we were going to score. Um, but that's true, isn't it? That's where we would have been because that's what we would have seen. But, yeah, we can't, yeah, we haven't scored a goal from open play yet. So you can, you know, you can pick that, pick at that if you want. But, you know, we scored two goals. Um, yeah, really good celebrations at the end. You know, Performances, everyone loves performances. Everyone, you know, football fans talk more about performances and stuff in terms of the game, what happened, all this kind of stuff. At the end of the day, the players went home absolutely knackered, or got on a coach, absolutely knackered with a win. And they woke up, woke up Sunday morning knowing they'd beaten Wickham. And that is huge. That will be a buzz around the training ground this week. And fingers crossed yep. we can take this in and, and we can use this game. Cotter can say, remember against Wickham, we came back and we got a win. And I think that that confidence is, is absolutely massive. Yeah. If I was expecting performances this season, I would have expected them in the first two games against... Well, which we did, which is funny, because I thought yeah. we played really yeah. well against... We did we played well against Morecambe, better than I expected. Mm, yeah. I missed that one. Stanley was a bit of a disappointment, and then obviously the red card yep. changed it all. Wickham was always going to be a difficult game. Um, but so yeah, it's going to be fascinating how we get on in these next two matches. Um, obviously, then after that, we've got Burnley in the League Cup, so we've got um, a tough run, three tough home run. fixtures in a row, which is nice. Uh, and then we've got money. Bristol Rovers in the league, which is always a funny game. And then we've got a really interesting away tie to um, Forest Green, I- then Oxford, Exeter, Port Vale. Um, so, and then Burton Albion so it does get a bit easier after that so if we can get something over the next few games yeah it's going to make that 10 game review interesting I want, I want to play Cheltenham soon I've been watching <laughs> they look absolutely abject Cheltenham this season so let's get them as soon as possible Cambridge look quite good though I've been watching watch the highlights of their match every day um, anyway but um, yeah I think that's completely fair and um, yeah, let, let's have a go and, and see how we get on but yeah 10 games we're not we're not we're not going to be we're going to be there quite quick it'll soon come you know two games a week now Ollie won't it um, I will say one thing for the podcast Ollie um, I'll mark it for you I will not go to Bristol Rovers if I'm forced to sit behind the goal and I can't stand on that terrace um, because at the moment they're refusing to sell Shrewsbury Town fans Tickets in, in that little terraced area on the right hand side, and I, I, I hate seeing a goal. Um, I will 
I don't know. I don't know because I think someone from the tick office told him we're not going to bring many, so they're not going to open that little terrace. But we always area, so... filled both. Remember the Hersey's, exactly. and I remember yep. sat there um, with what, what I called it the Grey Army. You were in, in the seats. The, uh, yeah, yeah, I was in the seats, and you were in the in the rain, which was funny. Loving um, it. And then yeah, yeah Rodden scored <laughs> just good. in front of me. Oh, amazing! Yeah, so I, I, I'm not going to go and I'd much. I love town. I just, um, I think that's stupid. I think they will open it up and we will go there. And then I'm going to Forest Green as well. So, um, if I miss Bristol Rovers, it's one of the one of the first eight games. I'm just not too bad, is it? But um, we'll see how we get on and see how the ticket sales go. But yeah, it's been a good week, Ollie. Let's leave it there. I've, it's an hour and fifteen minutes this podcast, and I've been sitting in a room with no ventilation. You've had, I've had to turn my fan off for audio reasons. I'm literally going to walk out of the back door of my house now, and I'm going to sit in the kids' paddling pool and cool down, Ollie. So, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, that's not a sign anyone wants cool to think about. But um, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy I didn't week, say guys. naked. <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening, and yeah, we'll be back again soon.